you're there right now, take seriously, take a week off, go to the lake, have some fun, <laughs> maybe drink some beers. I don't know. Reset. Uh, sounds like a real life scenario, right? <laughs> <laughs> we may be going to the lake this weekend. Yeah, we're going to the lake this weekend. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Being very slouchy. Extra slouchy today. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the infamous double peak mm-hmm. and the mid-season transition period. Yes. Pretty important. Very important. So uh, if you've been suffering from some, some lack of motivation... Uh, today is your episode. Fitness we're going to kind of we're going to kind of lack of motivation. Dial in or dive into that. I am coach Dale Sanford and I am coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last decade through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels. From fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, or all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. I was a little slow on the. Uh, I felt like I was reading pretty fast today. That was pretty good. Uh huh. After reading books to my kids at night, I'm getting pretty dialed in <laughs> on my on my on my quick reading. <laughs> so a couple of um, couple of little uh, housekeeping things. Save the date. Whoa, we're getting married! Big announcement. <laughs> That's not true. Not us. Yeah, uh, we're already married. Yeah, not to each other. Not to each other. Not that it's a bad thing. To our Whatever. to our wives. Whatever. Uh, so save the date. We are going to be doing. A long course specific training camp targeting those late season 70.3s and full uh, full distance triathlons. That'll be September 6th through the 8th. I know the image is probably a little dark. September 6th through the 8th this year, we're going to be in Huntington, Tennessee. Beautiful Huntington. Mm-hmm. Home of the Dixie Triathlon. Mm-hmm. And uh, home gonna- of the uh, that sweet, what, thousand acre lake? Yep. We're going to be using, uh, we've got permission to use the the Thousand Acre Lake up there, and uh, we're going to have our good buddy Kirsten Sass uh, along to help us uh, coach this camp. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, this will be our first long course uh, camp we, like this. Well, this will be our first we've triathlon been, we've camp. We've been talking about it for a long time. But... Ten, literally 10 years, uh-huh. we've been talking about putting on a triathlon camp, mm-hmm. and it just has never worked out. We don't really have a lot of... We don't really have open water in Memphis to, yeah. to use. The ones we do, we they've said no. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so this is uh, this is the first one that's actually going to happen. So don't miss it. Second, uh, we've got our our uh, youth running camp. Yep. Starts next week. It'll be uh, June twenty fifth through twenty eighth. Always a blast. If you haven't uh, gotten your runner signed up, do it. Yep. All the uh, details are on our website. All right, so uh, we'll get to it. We'll move right on to 
Shout outs. Shout outs. Yes. Love them. Love them. So this past weekend, big weekend uh, for the road racing community here in Memphis. Uh, very close by Jackson, Tennessee, um, is, uh, the rockabilly grand prix. So that was this weekend. Um, a lot of good results for our athletes. Uh, I'll just start firing through a few of them. Uh, Lee Rustin, uh, stepped on the podium in both the road race and the time trial third place, uh, in both of those. So congrats to her, Adam Ferroni, uh, fifth place in the cat four race in a tight pack finish. Um, so congrats to him. Uh, I know you got a few from, yeah. Uh, Billy, Heather Nichols in the women's category, uh, four, five or four, four race, uh, second in the road race and second in the time trial. So great result, uh, there. And then Greg Rohde, first road race ever. Call, and, we can now officially call Rohde a roadie. Yeah. First, uh, official road race and time trial combo. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could call it, wasn't really an omnium, but uh you know the doing two races in one day and uh yeah our good buddy kirsten sass who we just talked about uh took the win in the ladies race uh time trial and the road race um and we have to give funny a side out. note on uh sass so i'm in the uh, uh the breakaway i was in as we're riding by uh one of the guys justin lowe who rides with sass quite a bit yep. um sass was already solo by that point in time uh he he goes well it looks like sass is uh being antisocial again, off the front by herself. I was like, yeah, yep, she tends to do that. Uh, she, she actually is social. She was smiling the whole way. She was smiling. Um, we have to give a shout out to Matt Joyner and Mark Yoshida mm-hmm. for putting heck of a, a massive amount of time yep. into putting that, that event on. And it's always really well run, runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If you haven't done the Rockabilly Grand Prix and you're considering bike racing or you are racing bikes, I mean, get out there next yeah. year. And something else, like whatever area you're in, you know, even if you're not like, you know, Rody, that was his first uh, actual road race. We had quite a few first time yeah. road race folks. Get out and support the local events because if you don't support them, even if it may not be your discipline, get out and support it because, uh, you know, if you, if you don't, those race registrations go a long way in making sure these events happen year after year. Um, so if you want racing nearby, get out and uh, get out and support it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's it. I got one more. Uh, Tony Gambrell, All right. uh, second age group uh, at the Indianapolis Sprint Try. Um, and he was going to actually double up that weekend, but weather was pretty crappy. So, uh, but he 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 rocked it out. We do have a couple more dads. Dads. Shout out to dads. Shout out to all the dads this Sunday. Yep, Father's and, Day. Uh, I guess we have to give a shout out to um, to Tulsa. Congrats, oh, boo. Tulsa! Boo! On your we're uh, getting ready to show Iron Man how fickle we are here victory. in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, shout out to Memphis for putting a putting in a good mm-hmm. good bid for that event. Um, but yeah, for those that aren't, to see you... what what happens with with the new Iron Man Tulsa yep. in twenty twenty. So that's part of the next segment. That is. Are we ready for this? I think we're ready. We're we're putting in a new segment. Um, it may just be for today. It it may be the the one and done mm-hmm. grand opening, grand closing, mm-hmm. and um, we're gonna just call it. Huh? I'm calling it what the huh? Huh? Because it we're really just gonna talk about stuff that is confusing right now to us. And right now, for me, it's it's kind of where what Iron Man's doing right now. 
they, they're shutting down Boulder, which I'm guessing it's because of participation numbers, but um, you would think that of all cities in America, Boulder could handle or, or could keep a, uh, a full Ironman running yeah, uh, and, and with good participation. They're keeping the 70.3, mm-hmm. and that kind of moves along into like um, they're, they just filed the SEC for an IPO to raise $500 million. And it's not just Ironman. That's the whole, like their whole sport network business. Yeah. Yeah. Side of things. But, but Ironman being the the largest revenue in their mass participation part of that. Yeah. Um, it's just weird that they would do that all while, while getting rid of races, bringing on new races. And they're actually like launching more races in China and, uh, kind of over in, uh, I think Indonesia and, Stuff like that, like Bali. I do a uh, Bali uh, full. I mean, but I mean, it's just I'm confused as to what they're doing right now, um, especially with like you. I read some of the SEC filing, and they're like putting t- a, like a weird tiered like share like shares for the like A and B shares for the uh, for the IPO where the like the shares that are reserved for people that are close to the Wanda group the mm-hmm. one the family mm-hmm. get these shares that have four times more voting power than anyone else the super shares huh yeah so if you you know interesting yeah it's just we i'd confuse as what they're doing right now it's just kind of you got anything that's kind of we talked about old Froomey there we did we did uh which is this is a spoiler alert if you haven't uh, been been uh, following up on your online your criterium de dauphine but uh I guess it's not really a what the huh, because uh, anything can can happen. But yeah. old Fermi, uh, pre pre riding the TT course on a descent, going sixty k an hour, decides to uh, blow a snot rocket, to right? take a hand off, blow a snot rocket right as a gusty uh, a gust of wind comes and takes him into a wall at sixty uh, k an hour, broken femur, elbow, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. ribs. That's bad. We wish him the best, but yeah, uh, I was uh, I was kind of looking forward to seeing whether he could get five. I'm not, I'm personally not a big firm fan, yeah. But uh, I was curious to see. I think that the tour is shaping up to be one of the best uh, in recent years. I think, so. yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's all I got. All right, let's all right. get on to the uh, let's get on to the main topic here. Diving into it. So we're going to be talking about the double peak format of. Yep. Of training, so Brian, why don't you go into like what uh, double peaking actually is? Yeah, essentially, there's kind of two ways you can. You, well, I guess there's multiple ways you can go about looking at how you're going to structure your your season out. But one thing that we like to do here in the mid south, especially with the heat through the summer, is uh, is going to more of a double peak. So instead of trying to hold fitness for a super long period of time. Um, or having just one goal event at the far end of the season where you're constantly kind of building towards that. Uh, what we prefer doing, uh, especially with our athletes, is let's pick an event that's kind of earlier season, maybe ends in you know May time frame or thereabouts, kind of build everything up towards that, and then go into a uh, t- like a secondary build, kind of get back to the basics and, and then target later season stuff yeah um for a lot of triathletes it ends up being like especially if you're doing long course around here a lot of people sign up for the late season long course races because of training in the heat and stuff like that so a lot of times it ends up being like 
a build up to a, an earlier season 70.3 transition and then mm-hmm. we get back on the build for late season yep. full distance or another 70.3 or yeah or whatever yeah i guess the big thing is not making every race your peak race that you want to have good fitness at yeah and instead actually picking two different times a year separated by at least a couple months preferably a hair longer uh to have two different peaks in your program. Yeah. So the big reasons for for using this, we kind of kind of went over them already, kind of. But uh, like, it's impossible to hold fitness for an entire like season. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially for us, we're like in cycling season can start as early as like late February. Some do it in January. Yeah. Go Some places it's January. Yeah. Some places it's year round. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then like bike racing, pretty much road racing pretty much finishes up in late september yeah you know that's a long season the triathlon is like early you know like april ish like there are some races in march and stuff like that there's some races in february but um all the way through like november like you know ironman arizona's late later november um that's a long season to try to build and hold fitness and don't get us wrong, we we thought it was achievable. Like when I first started yeah. riding and racing, I was like, I want to be on form for every single race I do, yeah. and uh, I want to do a lot of races. I'm going to do them all year, all season long. Got to get my upgrade, uh, and I found that <laughs> it, it didn't work out too well. Well, and you know, and especially in the case of a triathlete, where you're you're literally doing, we'll just say like double the number of sessions, like not work like workouts, but like double the number of training sessions that most single sport athletes are doing, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas a a cyclist probably rides six days a week or so, like a more competitive one, six days a week. So six sessions, couple of strength sessions, you know, six to eight sessions a week. Whereas a triathlete is doing, you know, anywhere from like uh, nine to 12, you know, so it's, you know, um, it's a lot to stay focused on. It's mm-hmm. a lot to work around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's just a little bit more difficult to manage, which is why a lot of people get into triathlon and then go single sport <laughs> yeah. or, or vice versa. They, they'll move back mm-hmm. and forth as their life allows them to do, you mm-hmm. know, more, more training. Yep. Um, but most people can't hold fitness and they can't stay mentally focused yep. for an entire season. Yep. Yeah, one of the big things we found is like once you start doing that really high intensity stuff, the stuff that gives you that last kind of bump, that last jump in yep. fitness, once you get there, like if you get there in say April because racing starting in April for you and you try to keep that same high level of intensity going all the way through August or September, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, the body the body burns out you get that plateau you end up seeing this decline this drop off in fitness usually in conjunction with a motivation decrease so if you're if you're someone who's demotivated right now or if you look back on previous seasons where you know you kind of hit a spot where you're like Ugh, I don't want to ride I don't want to go do those intervals I don't want to go there's a good chance you know motivation's tied pretty closely in with um, you know, your, your body and whether or not you're over, over training. So listen to that, uh, lack of motivation. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, that hits at a specific time of year mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And that's kind of what we picked up, 
picked up on over the years, and that's why we started like pretty much forcing everyone to to use kind of this this double peaking format. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other parts of it is like you sa- said, it allows you time to go back to building mm-hmm. base fitness and, and skills and technical ability that start to, f- to kind of fall off once you get into doing. Mm-hmm. race efforts group rides like all this stuff that yep. you know w- you know we talked about in the past like how when the race season starts you can start to see like the weekly tss falls off because everything turns into a race effort so it's either on or off mm-hmm. you know so you're not getting those those big training stresses from like long rides longer group rides or or those really long, um, like tempo efforts mm-hmm. that just disappear when mm-hmm. when the uh, when the season starts. And if you think about it, those are different energy systems that you need to be working. Like cycling and endurance sports in general <laughs> are a very aerobic based sport. You know, you yeah. think about it's the hard effort that's sixty seconds maybe that gets you dropped uh, in a race or in a group ride. But for for the general, like if you break it down. The, the big bulk of your effort is actually more on the aerobic side of things. So neglecting that and not training that, um, and it's easy to do. I mean, once you get into race season and, and hard group rides, I mean, it's fun to go fast, yeah. but you end up neglecting other areas. So this provides you with an opportunity to go back and kind of work on the things that have been neglected um, and not be stressing as much about trying to hit your super hard, not so fun workouts. Yeah. And re- realistically, it, you know, it's, for most people, it's better for your family life <laughs> mm-hmm. because there is like this dead set area uh, where like our time of year where your training is going to back back off again for just a little bit. Yep. And a lot of people find it really convenient to like schedule their vac- you know, vacation exactly. in that yeah, time sure. and stuff. And then they have a really good excuse to actually enjoy their vacation. That's the key there. Yep. And with you know, time with their family and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, and not have to be overwhelmed with training during vacation or, yep. or anything not like that. Not being all stressed about or, it. Yeah, for or sure. Or you like, you plan this vacation and all of a sudden you're stressed out because you know you're not going to be able to train. Yeah. And you're in the middle of a training block and, you know, you think this one week is going to just destroy your entire, you know, training cycle. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing here, one thing we do have to say is that these, this double peaking format has to be planned ahead yeah if you're not if you're somebody who flies by the seat of their pants as far as their training this will not work for you doesn't work as well yeah for sure what usually happens is that 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 peak or that transition period which we'll talk about in a second comes anyways (laughs) in Mm -hmm. some way shape or form it's forced illness or (laughs) which really isn't an actual transition but yeah yeah you don't want a forced transition yeah um so, like, it has to be planned ahead, and the way we always do it is we pick, we take those two goal races, mm-hmm. uh, and we work backwards from them, and that the time right after that uh, that first goal race turns into a, a transition. Yep. And we'll get into the transition here because that's such a huge part of this double peaking, mm-hmm. you know, format. But you know what? F- from there, whatever type of periodization or, or training block schedule that you use will be then put in between those two mm-hmm. two races. Mm-hmm. Um, so since the transition period 
is such a big part of this, we have to kind of go into more deep into what that transition is. And we had an entire episode on like end of the season transition and you know, the season's over. Yeah, now final, what, yeah, what final do do? goals done. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. But this is a little bit different because, um, we're in the middle of, I think this one's harder. It absolutely. This harder. one's harder to, to wrap your head around as an athlete, uh, and as coaches getting our athletes to wrap their head around it, but actually forcing yourself not to do anything or, or very little. <laughs> so low impact, short duration, no intensity, like think of it as like a total like reset uh, of body and, and mind here. And basically you're just trying to clear all the fatigue, mentally refresh yourself um, and make sure you're, you're starting back on a good note uh, as you start moving forward. And it's something that's, it's tough to do because you always feel like, Oh, I'm going to lose so much fitness if I, if I don't do anything. Um, but we've had great success in keeping athletes motivated through the course of a long season just by just by doing a one week Not, yep. you know you can do one or two weeks but just by doing a one week uh kind of a refresher thing so we're talking we're, so we're talking basically uh uh a mental and physical recovery right mm -hmm. after a goal race um and usually it's like one to two weeks um usually if it's like a you know marathon uh well a marathon probably a, a two weeker uh unless you have a bunch of stuff already coming up um you know full full iron definitely two weeks half iron about a week or so yeah um yeah and a lot of it's going to sort of depend on how far away that next, next race goal yeah, is so sure. if you've got you know if you've got three and a half or four months between goals definitely like a two week yeah. you know some people may find you have to have to shorten that up to one week uh, if you've got some, you know, eight weeks away or and something. And if you've come off like a really big goal race, like you are, you're probably as fit as you've been all year. Yeah. And so it's going to take a solid, like, you know, they say like five days before like detraining really starts to happen. So like if you're just doing like a one week transition, we always say unstructured completely, mm -hmm. like, as coaches, we we just, you know, to some people it may look like a cop-out mm -hmm. <laughs> of your coaching, but our direction is the coaching. It's saying, do nothing. Yep. If do you don't feel like very training, little. Yep. don't do it. Yep. Like for at least the first, you know, four or five days, mm -hmm. do, do whatever you feel or don't feel. But if you feel like training, keep it short, keep it easy, keep yep. it low impact. Yep. Um, you know, that's the, that's the basis of transition mm -hmm. time. Yeah, so like a perfect example here is I had uh, you know my athletes who did the Dirty Kanza. Yep. Um, they've got a secondary goal that's coming up pretty quick, early August. So there's not a lot of time between. But the week after Dirty Kanza, it was m far more days off, like four state off uh, days off. Uh, just so when they saw that, they weren't thinking, you know, oh, it's an optional. I can go ride uh, if I want to, or I can take up running on my transition week. Which would be a bad idea. Um, and the only like rides that I put on there, uh, were like 45 minutes, easy, totally optional, like keep it easy. Yep. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. And you know, like, uh, uh, Hart was out there like riding the trails with his kids. Like that was yep. his ride, you know, super easy, super fun, chill ride with his kids. I mean, that's like perfect. That's like the ideal 
transition type of of work just mm-hmm. totally unstructured fun fun low impact yep you know mindless you mm-hmm. know that kind of thing mm-hmm. like that's that's it and for some people like to them that blows their mind that they that that's going to help them do better later in yeah. the season yeah uh but i you know promise you mm-hmm. it'll make all the difference in the world mm-hmm. um you know later later down the road so like after that like first let's say four or five days, maybe a week, that's when like you could start to put back in consistency, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going for a second kind of transition week, that's where you kind of get back into doing a full week of training, but still pretty unstructured, low impact. Short, low impact. Short. Yeah. Like just to kind of get the and body. fun. Like don't worry about stats. Like yeah. don't even worry about. Put the Garmin in the, in the drawer. Exactly. Don't worry about the stats. I just blew people's mind. By yeah. This. yeah. <laughs> Although, actually, make sure if you're one of our athletes that you're recording the data so you're not <laughs> yeah. out there, like, doing group rides and yeah. we put the, claiming put the, it's... Put the tape over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot, too, is you get, you get uh, somebody on transition, and as the coach, you give them no structure, mm-hmm. and they, they take that leash, and they run to the <laughs> end of it. It's like, how'd you find more time to train than you did, like, yeah. on our big weeks? <laughs> you put in a heck of a week yeah. on this transition week. Uh-huh. Um, so, consistency first, and then this is also a good time to really focus on technique. Focus on, you know, things that um, you will stop focusing on mm-hmm. <laughs> once you get back to doing kind of, uh, you know, the really structured yep. training. Yep, not for sure. I think the biggest thing with this whole thing is like knowing that it's okay to take a week off. Like if you've gotten to a point where your motivation's low, take a week off. Like if you're, if you're feeling burnout, like just take a week off. You'll be amazed at how you feel a few weeks after you come back. You know, once you kind of get that training going again, you'll be amazed at how much better you feel. Um, so like if, if you're getting to a point where you're seeing fitness gains diminish, you're not really, you're, and you're working harder, uh, and not seeing the benefit of that, well, there's probably a good chance that the body's just worn out yeah. and that's a perfect time. You know, if you, if you have not planned out like a double peak or whatever, but you're going through this, take a week off. Don't stress about it. You're not going to lose a lot of fitness and losing some fitness is fine. If it means you're clearing fatigue from the body, that's just allowing your body to come back stronger down the road. So don't stress about it. If you're there right now, Take seriously. Take a week off. Go to the lake. Have some fun. <laughs> maybe drink some beers. I don't know. Reset. Uh, sounds like a real life scenario, right? <laughs> <laughs> we may be going to the lake this weekend. Yeah, we're going to the lake this weekend. Uh, so, I mean, this really realistically, this is why we're talking about this right now, is because this is when it happens for mm-hmm. most of our athletes. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally it's one after a goal race, but, but also for, for folks that like don't necessarily have like big goal races, you know, like a lot of cyclists, they, they basically will race. And then when they like feel really fit, that's like when the goal races, they'll keep looking for more races. Yeah. 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 Um, but if you don't have goal races, it's usually somewhere around that, like late May, into June. Yep. And it just so happens to coincide when your kids get out of school, uh, summer vacations happen, Memorial Day, 
Father's Day weekend, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. vacations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, it just kind of all culminates right around this time. Yep. So it just makes perfect sense to throw in that that transition kind of right right now, right? Yep. You know? right I'm not telling everybody period. to just abolish training. all training. Yes. Stop your training this week. And it's and it again, it's it's largely based around where you're at physically, mentally, the type of training you've been doing, yep. how long you've been doing super structured stuff. Um, if you've if you've been doing super structured stuff for a long period of time, it wears on you. And uh, get to that goal race, shut it down for a week, and you're gonna find that you're gonna be a much happier person, and you're gonna be much stronger on the back half of the year. Absolutely. Um, and as a random side note, like. Love random side notes. Random, random side note. It, uh, this whole structured, super structured training thing is what got me thinking about it. Um, and I think we've touched on it before. But for a lot of folks that I've dealt with that, you know, aren't, you know, you're not a pro athlete that just has an abundant amount of time to train and rest and sleep and eat and do all that. Um, like six weeks of a ton of structure yep. and like really focused intervals based around your goal event seems to be about max some can take it out to eight but yeah i think i think there's a there's a bit of a difference between structure and like and focused intervals hyper focused yeah yeah. like that's that's where it gets people it's when you start getting into the really hyper focused high performance Mm -hmm. type the ones that hurt intervals where you're like (laughs) where you're thinking about it all day long Mm -hmm. like it creates more stress because those those workouts hurt oh yeah and they they weigh on you more mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sure, yeah. So then, you know, weeks on end of that puts a... And a lot of times you're not training with your friends anymore. You're off doing them by yourself yeah. because you... And the group rides kind of have to take a back seat for a while. And so just something to think about there as well. And uh, like, just to throw in this example, since we've been talking about it kind of off off air here, uh, you know, Philip Young was a good example because we kind of... He, he did Ironman 70.3 chattanooga finished the race gave him a week transition and then we kind of got back on it and then like we're we're building up for nationals mm-hmm. uh usat nationals in cleveland and so we kind of got back on his running because that's our our main limiter focus on him right now is running uh we got back on that pretty quickly and i guess we probably i guess we've made it now i mean three or four weeks and you know, this last weekend, he went to the lake uh, with some friends. It just, and I think it came at like the perfect time mm-hmm. because we weren't so far into like our build to nationals, um, but he got that extra little, refresher, right? Yeah, yeah. That extra little transition. Because yeah. I think the problem was is when during his actual transition, he was sick or like had work, yeah. you know, like. Um, you know, there was other life stress, other stuff, whether it's there was other life stuff in there that wasn't or... really making it a true mental, physical recovery. Mm-hmm. So, R and R, yeah, rest and relaxation. Relaxation. Uh, there's nothing I will say. Shout out to Memphis Boat Center. Shout out. <laughs> nothing like he- heading out on the lake mm-hmm. and throwing uh, throwing the phone in the in the cubby hole there mm-hmm. and, and just chilling for a few days. So. Yep. It's going to be good. That's where we'll be this weekend. If you're out on uh, Pickwick, we'll be there. Holler at us. All right. I think that covers it. Yep. We're pretty bad at following the questions and comments, if there are any. I don't think there has been. 
but if you've posted any comments, we'll get to those afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll answer them or we'll answer them on the next show. Cool. All right, guys. We appreciate you hanging out, listening, watching. We will catch you guys next time. Adios. Peace. Thank you.